0: Right, I'm going to invite Tom up. Uh, Tom's visiting to bring the word of God. Tom's from East End Church. I won't say too much about uh, what's going on there because I'm sure he'll say a bit. But but one of the most uh, they've got a fairly famous website amongst this well because the first thing on their website it says we don't care, <laughs> and then it says where you come from, your bank account, your political position. You, what that is a great kind of catch of just this kind of sense of a church that wants to welcome everybody and very much part of our invited series. It's a great to have you with us. Thanks, mate. brother. Um... Yeah. Okay, so I'll go all Freddie Mercury on you. And... <clears throat> Is that it? Stood in the right place? Yep. Good. Okay, well, thanks so much for, for having me. Uh, first time I've ever been at Watford. Whoa, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I can <laughs> tick that off the bucket list now. Done that. Um, <laughs> Yes, yeah, so so I am. Um, I, I lead the team in um, east in the east end of London in Bow, and it's a it's a very interesting area to live. It's never boring, never boring. You've always got something going on. It's the right mixture, and, and, and as I look at it here, I've, I feel very much at home. It's very you you know. Thank you for welcoming me. Thank you for. Uh, inviting me. Uh, and what I want to talk about into this invited series is uh, stuff that's been born out in the East. I live in Bow, in, in Tower Hamlets, and some of this stuff I'm going to talk about has been stuff I've had to journey through personally to try and suss out what it was about uh, uh, dealing with other cultures. and Because we're not... I thought everyone else had a culture. I didn't realise I had one. I didn't realise I had one until... I was exposed to other cultures from all around the world that revealed some blind spots in me. And I want to start with a little story, right? uh, Me and my wife, we've got five kids. Five kids so far. And uh, we are... (laughs) The older I get, the funnier that sounds. The, uh, and and my wife became quite famous on the school run because she's got like these five kids she's got a, 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 like a toddler in the pram she's got like, a buggy seat you've got two kids hanging on and there's one running up climbing up a lamppost further there she does the school run with a sheepdog you know what i mean it's like and and she got well known on this on this particular school run and particularly by this, this one local dignitary who was who's a local politician Right and, and, and my wife being who she is, she she chats to everyone and and's and talking to this, this at the time MP. And anyway, we got invited to this party at this MP's house. Right? And and you know, you always want to fit in. You know, whatever's set in, you always want to be part of the in crowd. And so we got invited to this party we thought we'd arrived. And we went there, and i 've never seen anything. She lives in this big converted pub, and she had like uh, uh, this this uh, company that comes as hosts and they 've got literally they 've got like uh, girls on stilts with these silver trays offering. Horses, Douvres, to the likes of us, <laughs> sit there, and, and look, I'm sat there, and there's all these famous people, well, sort of semi-famous people. There's these politicians, there's the Secretary of State for this, and there's these these actors you know's been on telly, but you can't remember quite what they've been in. But but you're there, and we're and we're feeling like we've arrived, and then it suddenly clicked. We're token chavs. <laughs> that's that's what we're there for. It's like, so a politician could come up and say, look, we know people like this too. And, and, and we felt it, and we felt this kind of sense of being outsiders, trying to come in. And, and the church can be like that. When you come in for the first time, you presume everyone else knows what's going on. You come through those, me and Elijah come through those doors today, and we look at you, and you look perfect. You know, you look like you ain't got a problem in the world, all your kids are well behaved, never any marriage problems, everything's going groovy for you guys. But I know from experience of being a pastor that that is never, ever true. But the fact is you come through the doors and everyone looks it on the surface. Let me read something from the Bible. Um, uh, In Revelation chapter 7, it says this. This is this is what we're aiming for as a church. This is where we're headed. This is this is the ultimate of what church life is going to be like. And we've had a, like a little. We've had a little microcosm of that here this morning, as we're singing the same songs. As we're as much as we're able, gathering around the throne, singing the same songs to the Lamb. And for for to get there we've got to work out where it started from. So I'm going to take you on a whistle-stop tour through the Bible, right, to see that that this diverse, beautiful, multifaceted church has always been God's plan. This isn't just a political moment. From day one, this was in God's mind when he brought about creation. You look at creation. Genesis 1, you look at creation. He doesn't just create the world, right? Right? He creates the world. He's, he says light and darkness. And he, he, puts, he doesn't just make man, he makes man and women. And then within, it means if this is true, what's happening at the end here in the loins of Adam was the DNA for every tribe and tongue and nation under the sun. It was there, the potential was there. So that, that, that whether you are, you, you are black or white or, or Asian or Chinese or Aborigine or Inuit or ginger, whatever it is, <laughs> it's all there. It's all there, the potential, and it was always in God's plan. And, and he made animals. And he didn't just sort of make a dog, man's best friend. He made, he made cats and squirrels and whales and eels and you know flies and birds and eagles. Everything about him is diverse. He doesn't, make, he doesn't make just an apple. He makes fruit and oranges and pineapples and mangoes. We, we could function in monochrome, couldn't we? we? We could do that and we could see different shades and we could, we could do, but, but he makes colours. Colours that we can't even see without special lenses and stuff. Everything about God is beautifully creative and diverse, always has been. And He sends us out from this beautiful Eden garden and says, He wants to go forth and multiply. Go forth and multiply. Now there's obviously complications with sin that come about as a result of that. And part of that is seen when instead of going out and multiplying, a guy called Nimrod decides to build a city on his own terms, tries to reach God, and this says, no, this is how we're going to get God. Let's gather. Let's not, let's not spread. And then God comes down and confuses their language so that they've got to go out and, and, and inhabit the world. We see that he chooses... God chooses a bloke called Abraham, right and, and, and he blesses him to be a blessing to the nations it 's not just an investment it 's like oh i 'm on god 's side i 'm on his team he blesses me it 's like no i 'm blessing you, so you can go and be a blessing. We see that his family sort of you know it just lives and, and inherits the promised land, gets in there we see that, that they keep rebelling and messing up and, and they're taken into captivity as part of judgment. And while in Babylon, in captivity, Jeremiah the prophet tells that while you're there in a foreign land, while you're there where you're not really supposed to be, I want you to be a blessing. I want you to live for the good of that city, of that nation. I want you to, to take wives, to plant gardens. I want you to, to do all this stuff to... To be a blessing. And we see, we see Jesus, when he comes on this planet, that, that outsiders and foreigners have to come in and tell the people of God who they've actually got amongst them. You do not realise the significance of this baby that's been born. We see that he lives his life interacting with Gentiles, which is a weird for this rabbi. We see him feed 4,000 Gentiles after he's fed 5,000 Jews on a hill. We see him reaching out to Samaritan women and, and people that others wouldn't and overlooked. We see that the Romans and the Jews and this, this general population gather together to condemn him and kill him. Nailed above the cross is this sign that says, King of the Jews written in three different languages. This is not just an Israeli God. This is a God for the nations. We see the Holy Spirit poured out on at Pentecost, and, 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 and the curse of Babel is, is turned about when, when fire comes down and languages are given so that the wonders of God can be declared in people's own languages. And then you see, after the, the New Testament is written addressing the challenges that come with building diversity into the church. But this was always the plan of God. It was always the plan of God, which means it's difficult and it's costly, but it's worth it because we're leaning into the plan of God when we go for these things. I was at, um, I was at a West Ham game on, on, on Thursday when we beat Andelect. I don't know if that, anyone cares about that sort of thing. Yes, respect, yes, yeah. And, uh, and, and I'm there, and, and, and you, you know, it's, it's the nearest you get to, like, a multitude, is when you're in this football stadium and there's 60,000 fans and they're wearing claret and blue rather than white. And, and, and they're, they're, you know, they're not waving palm branches, they're waving rude hand gestures, you know, and, and it's, but we're all singing, and I'm forever blowing bubbles. And there's this goose pimpled moment when you're, you're all singing the same song. And why is it a goose pimple moment? It's not just the emotion, it's the fact that this is pointing to this day. When we're all going to be stood around that great throne, when we're all wearing white and singing at the top of our lungs, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne. And the truth is, as a church, we've not arrived, have we? We've got a long way to go and the world is is possibly more divided now than it ever has been in terms of like sort of you know uh, nations and cultures and racism and different sort of ideas we've not arrived but this is what we we're, we're aiming at and that means that when you come through those doors and you nervously look around presuming everyone's got it sorted that you need to bring your culture into here not leave it at the door. Now there's some things that obviously they're always positive and negative about the culture. But you bring your culture when you, when you come through and this church will be stronger. It really will. You do it humbly and you do it kind of in, with a teachable heart. Recognising that your culture is not it alone. But if you bring it rather than leave it at the door, this is a people that will be strengthened as a result. Unity, true unity, is found gazing at him, not at each other. I heard a story of a fellow who um, he came to, to, to work one day with a big black eye, right? And, and his mate says to him, What's happened to you? He goes, I got it at church. <laughs> he, goes, he goes to what? He goes, what? He goes, Look, I'll be honest with you. He says, I was a, a little bit late to church and I had to sit at the back. And he says, and I sat behind a girl that had obviously just gone to the toilet and her skirt was tucked into the top of her tights. So I thought, this is really embarrassing for me, so what I did was I reached in and just <laughs> pulled it out. Anyway, she turned around and clumped me. <laughs> says, okay. Next week, next Monday, he's, he's, he's at work again. The other eye, big black eye. <clears throat> I said, what happened? He says, I got it at church. He says, what do you mean you got it at church? He says, well, I... I was a bit late again and I had to sit at the back in the same place. This same woman comes in and she's got her skirt tucked in her tights. The bloke next to me leans across, pulls the skirt out, but I know she don't like that, so I tucked it back in. <laughs> we have weird perspectives, don't we? We have weird ways of judging things and seeing things. And and what it is, is we need people from outside of us, outside of what is normal, to be able to show us where we think and see weirdly. We need people to reveal our blind spots. By definition, you cannot see your own blind spots. And we need people to come and show that, and, and nothing does that more in the church than being exposed to other cultures. It, it, it took the Magi, these, these foreign kind of uh, uh, like wise men from the East to come into Israel and say, do you realise who it is that is in your midst? Do you realise the privilege that is afforded to you by this baby being born? We've got we've got guys here. Um, it's so exciting to hear what you're doing with the Afghan community. We in the in East End have got lots of uh, refugee sort of families and, and, and visitors coming in regularly. And and what it does is it humbles you to recognise the freedom and the liberty that we've got to worship God and to name the name of Jesus. And, and, and to, to read out Bible verses in public and to, get, to advertise, to be on, on, online. And, and it takes for a, a girl from a Kurdish-Iranian family to come and, and, and sort of weep, being there among you to worship because she has had to leave her family and everything because she's named the name of Jesus. Amen. She's been disowned by her peers and by her family, but she recognises that he is worthy of it all. We need other cultures to come and show us the privilege we have, and it comes with humility for all of us. We we need humility to recognise that our identity primarily is found in Christ. It, it really is. For anything of any worth in our identity comes because we are Christians. Like, like I come from a from a, a, a white working class. Uh, family background. That's that's my history, but that's not what defines me. I, I'm, am I am I working? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not working class. Right? I'm, not, I'm definitely not middle class. Right? I'm primarily. I'm a son of God. Amen. I'm a son of God, and I don't care. I'm, I'm not primarily a, a, a white man. I'm primarily a son of God. You're not, you're, not, you're not black, you're not white, you're not a West Ham fan, you're not, you're not this or that or the other first. You're primarily a son and daughter of the living God. And when you know that, you, now we find unity. Any other title brings division and, and defensive. But when you say, yeah, yeah, I, I am a son of God. Yeah, I happen to come from a working class background. I like West Ham, you know, whatever. But, but I am a son of the living God. And I'm in a room full of sons and daughters of the living God that are heading for the same stuff as I am. Yes. When we we focus on that fact, on on the one that we are looking to, the one that we are worshipping, we find true, heartfelt unity and and, and we realise why we're alive. And we recognise that all that I am, I can bring and lay before that throne I went to, uh, a couple of summers ago, I, I visited this black majority church in Tower Hamlets. This, this, this church, um, 800 people there. Right, man, it was impressive. And, and, and I, I went there, I, I wasn't on anything that Sunday, so I, I went and visited this church and I had my Sunday best on. And I was by far the scruffiest bloke in the room. <laughs> and, uh, oh my goodness, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was Brilliant, loved it. But I I went in and I wanted to be as unassuming as possible. And so I sat at the back and the the ushers come and said, no, no, this is for the young people. Come on, we've got a seat for you. They brought me two seats from the front. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. They televise everything. So every time I open my eyes from worship, there's a camera up my nose and I'm on the screen. (laughs) Listen, there was 800 people there. Okay, there was five white faces in that entire meeting. Two of them were albino, right? And I'm there, but do you know what? I had so much joy and fun there because we were looking at him. You know, and I found, I found genuine, oh, I loved it, I loved the freedom, I loved the music, I loved the kind of ability to, so there was stuff theologically I had questions with, the fact that they had two offerings and they were making a big deal of that. That was, okay, that was, but... But when they were looking at Jesus, when they were worshipping, man, I could get on board. I wanted so much to be a part of it. I and mean, I was dancing with my brothers and sisters in Christ. There's this glorious distinction around the phone where every tribe and tongue and language and nation is represented. Oh, we're in the same. There's this, this similarity. But we bring who we are. We bring our our culture. We're all shouting the same thing. We're all singing the same song. We're all wearing the same robes, but we're doing it in our own cultural way. It's beautiful. Truth is, it's slower to build a church like that, it's more complicated, it's fraught with danger and pitfalls. It means that we've got to be quick to forgive one another. We must, sort of, if there's two ways of taking something that's said that's a bit weird, take it the positive way and help that person to communicate it better. Mm-hmm. I have, I'm, I'm surrounded by people that will challenge me. Mm-hmm. And, and I've got, like Elijah's come with me today, he's a dear friend and he's picked me up on stuff and I've said stuff clumsily that I can say, you know, better and, and it's helpful to have people around you and don't get defensive about it because, ultimately, we're looking at the one on the front. And, and the trouble is, incidents like George Floyd in America and some of the stuff we've seen around this country, he's it, 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 it kind of, it, so negative, It's so painful. Can, can I say, as a, as a white Englishman, I am so deeply ashamed of some of my history, my family's, the colonialism, slavery. And, and I'm, I'm devastated, I feel awful about it. And I don't know what to do with it, other than feel guilty. And, 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 I, and I, I'm asking God, what can I do? And, and, I, and I, I, look, I wish I could go around and apologise to every single person, every single family, that's been affected by that kind of abuse. I, do, I, I think, well, why don't you just? Why don't you punish me? And then, then we'll just wipe it out. And I can't do that. I, I can't do that. But, but we serve a saviour that did. Yeah. He, he knows what it is to be unjustly treated. He, he knows what it is to be persecuted, to be chased from his homeland and family. He knows what it is... This, 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 he knows what it is to have people abuse him and lynch him, and and he did it totally, totally innocent. And, and and I I lean into that, and and I I am although I'm ashamed of my history, I I lean on the fact that Jesus thought it was so important that he came and died. We must take our eyes. Of ourselves. Ultimately, we look to him who's seated on the phone and we, we join the multitude with that ground trembling roar as we declare he's bigger than any pride or guilt or shame or in sin or injustice. He's, he is greater. And all my sin, all my family and my generations beyond sin is nailed at the cross. It's it's there. It's, It's there. All the injustices and all the pain and all the suffering and all the effects of sin on families and generations to come is dealt with there on the cross. It means that we don't forget and we don't sweep things under the carpet, but with humility we come and say, but for the grace of God, I stand in front of the throne wearing white because, Jesus, you have made a way for someone like me to come into your presence. No matter what's gone in our histories, whatever's coming in the future, we need one another and we get a chance to build something that brings glory to him. And I want to finish by, by praying for us as a church, just praying for this community here, praying that the impact that, that we have goes way beyond sort of our own little kind of ideas and, and personal agendas. And I'm going to pray, and, and I'm guessing that there's a lot of languages spoken in this room, okay? as first languages, maybe even as second languages. If you speak another language, right after I've prayed, Uh, Now, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I would absolutely love it if you would pray out in your own mother tongue or in a language that you know, just to help, help us to... This is what it's going to be like around the phone. This is what it's going to be like around the phone, because they didn't all learn the same language. Okay, it's specific. It's all different languages here around the phone. Saying the same things, pointing at the same one, worshipping the same one, but in their own language. So just a little bit of warning there. Put it on you. Okay? Could get very quiet very quickly and I'll have to use my oeuvre la fenetra or something like, uh, that I learned at school, but, um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead this off in there. Is that okay? Are we up for that? Yeah. Jesus, we... We just bow the knee before you afresh today and say that you are the only one who deserves all the glory, all the honour, all the, all the worship that we can muster. Oh God, and we say that salvation is only found in you. The seated lamb upon the throne. Jesus, I thank you that you are worthy of it all. And we just lay our agendas pride, a hurt, our, our, our histories, corporately and personally we just lay them at your feet and say you are worthy oh God and we worship you, we honour you, I pray for this company of people, I pray for this church here, I pray that they would build with that kind of humility and grace to gather multitudes from this area and beyond we pray for massive impact into the afghan community we pray holy spirit that you would pour just just pour yourself into those we pray for dreams and revelations we pray that you would come and communicate in ways that can't be done through google but you do it straight to the heart Lord Jesus, we ask you for revelations of Jesus, revelations of this point, of the one seated on the throne. And we say afresh and humbly, Lord, we want to give ourselves to your great commission. Lord, we want to go and make disciples. Lord, we don't just want to culturally change people. We want to to, to, uh, um, give you our culture and bring our culture to you so that we can see the multifaceted glory of God. Jesus, help us to reveal blind spots to one another. Help us to build something that is of eternal worth. Jesus, we ask that you be pleased with what you receive from us as a company of people. Bless us, I pray. Bless us to be a blessing to the nations that surround us and beyond. Amen.